Welcome to episode 67 of the Run to the Hills podcast. This week, we talk to Jamie MacDonald, running 5,500 5, miles across America. It's not actually across America, it's like the bottom it's circumference. Smiley face. Smiley face, yeah. Raising loads of money for hosp- children's hospitals along the way. What a story, Eddie. I really, really enjoyed our chat with Jimmy and he was nice to us so yeah you can come back you haven't got over that yet have you uh, nobody's ever called me electric put it that way <laughs> he, called, he called Gary and I at the end he went you two were electric electric and Gary was like no one's ever called me anything but northern and a bit no. uh, well just northern a bit drop. northern <laughs> it'd be chilly up north today I've got me my Martin Club blue. it suits you that duck egg blue Gary yeah Martin got some Club. nice towels in that colour <laughs> I like it. But yeah, the heating's on, but it's not... It's not kicked in. Yeah, it's not kicked in just yet. So yeah, wrapping up with me Gilia and uh, me little, little hat. But yeah, how are you this week, Eddie? Well, I'm not going to lie. I have had a rough week. Anyone that's ever done a really long distance event or any sort of ultra event knows that the come down's real. The come down <laughs> is real. Oh, I've been... So I've just been useless, beyond useless. Can't remember the kids' names, can't remember the dogs' names, get them all confused. You're like, why have I walked into this room? Why have I even walked? I need to sit down, have to keep having naps, have to keep like going really hungry. And then you go to eat and then you're like, oh no, I'm not really hungry at all. Oh, it's been, and just being, being, just feeling like you go to do this food shop and it's like an epic event. Everything's epic when you Everything was epic last week and everything just took me so long. And normally, you know, when they're like, go, 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 let's tick yep. it off the list. Let's get it done. And last week I was like, I can't take anything off the list. This is just useless. But I've sort of come over that. Bryn went to the pharmacy and got me some pretty strong iron, which is pumping me up. <laughs> like, come on, wife, come back to me, wife. I need you back. Gotta do the laundry. Gotta yeah. do the laundry. Here's some iron. Come on. So I feel, yeah, every day now I start. So that last week, I just didn't feel better. Like, every, I honestly was like, Bryn, I think I've actually got something terminal. I'm not getting any better. <laughs> so tired. We're trying to watch. What are we trying to watch? Oh, uh, Married at First Sight Australia. Oh, oh I can't. God. I really love. I'm sorry, Gary, but some people will like that sort of. <laughs> and I can't. I could last. I couldn't get through an episode. I was like, I can't. Brenda Gaga, go to bed. But yeah, I turned the corner this weekend, and I'm now like every day. I'm like, okay, I start to feel a bit better, and I'm able to come back into real life and function as a normal person, and have a shower and fold laundry. So I feel so much better this week. So last week I did zero. Strava recorded zero activity which is perfect. Um, and I couldn't have done it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how people, I oh, I just couldn't have done anything. No. And then I had a few gentle little um, bits of light movement this week is the aim of the game. I saw some when, nice snowy pics with the dogs. Oh, went skiing at the weekend. Oh, the sweet, sweet sound of skis running down the sheet ice. <laughs> come back to me beautiful little family ski that was enough for Eddie I had to have a nap after that and I did a little jog with the dogs because they were driving me nuts going <laughs> another walk another not another walk come on so I tried a little jog but really that was a bit early my quads were just like 
I mean, Gary, it was like a seven minute kilometer on a bit of flat. It wasn't as heavy snow, but I was like, oh, wasn't really ready for that. Didn't have the love for that. <laughs> so I did a bit of a, my first uphill ski this morning. And again, <laughs> wasn't really ready for that either. But feels good to move. Just yep. went really slow. But tell anyone else that I have sore pectoral muscles from all the breathing. <laughs> Oh Do you get goodness. that when you've done a really long distance? No. <laughs> no. Just my, I don't think I go I don't think I go as deep as you do. My enormous boobs that I've had to carry for all those miles and now my pecs are really <laughs> But my lungs are still quite if all I like right. fully inflate, it still feels quite tiring. Mm. So um my mate who drags me out ski touring is a much better skier uh than me. She was like, oh her she lives opposite like this piece she's like the piece did it so it'll be super easy and her eyesight is not very good so we got there and it was just like rubbled they'd blown like fake snow onto this really steep piece they raced down this piece it's so yeah. steep and then they'd like just ground it into these blocks of ice and i was like well this i mean what how are we gonna what how are we gonna skip anyway we climbed up it with a few comical moments Classic. and <laughs> i was like what well, how are we even gonna get but we've done so much ski touring now together i'm like we'll get well, somehow i'll get down this and it was so at the end of last season like do like four ups in yeah. a training session and i did one i was destroyed halfway up and i had to have so many stops I had to oh take half the clothes off because i'm sweating i got to the top and she's like she's so used to me she's like so eddie we're going where we're going now and i was like oh no that's it i'm done that's it we're done, it, we're done. <laughs> uh and then we found some fortunately we were like uh we came down through the trees and found some nice snow and only had to go on the ice eiger for the last few turns but it showed me not only am i still deeply tired but also i'm really unfit on my skis but that's okay that's where we should be all good oh, yeah, all yeah, going yeah. in the right direction just yeah. keeping it super cash super cash letting the body recover i don't think i'm gonna run again might do a few little half hour dog trots but i just i don't want to gary so i'm not gonna that's good feeling it's such a lovely feeling when you've been like so committed to a training program to just go i don't want to so i'm not gonna and how's your head sometimes after a big race you get a bit of the old blues are you okay actually i didn't i think because um you know when you're so busy oh i have my birthday forgot about that have my birthday birthday. (laughs) thanks thanks for present card are they being held up somewhere held up in class actually uh so because i had that and i was just so happy that it was done i I was like so happy that's done christmas is coming um yeah so we're moving forward but yeah i think it's always good people love my honesty that it was a really crappy week last week but feeling better today. Anyway, end of. Let's let's talk about you. Three hours, two seconds. Anyone else? Hands up if you're listening to this. A little bit disappointed in Gary. Those two seconds. All Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's just. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go from the beginning. From the beginning. Valencia, where you're now going to appear on what's that um, show called where they always take them around to look at houses and they never buy them? Place to the Sun, where oh. they always take them around to the house. Are you going to be do- on that show soon? Going, oh, I would buy a place in Valencia, actually. Gary pretty- wants to buy a place in Valencia. <laughs> I would. It was great. But um, 
first, I suppose, the, when you rewind everything, there was a lot of travel admin and people, anyone really who's traveling. You were worried about the travel admin, weren't you? Yeah, you're- and luckily we've dodged it because I think it's ramped up again since we were mm. actually in Valencia, mm. things have increased again. But I was so stressed that we just didn't do the correct bit of paperwork, but everything was fine. Everything I've done over the weekend is by my own decision. Nobody's forced me to do it, so... Anything I've had to pay for because of COVID, then that's I'll take that. That's fine. But what I would have wished, it was all done through a private company, this PCR test. I would have loved to be able to say pay the £50 to the NHS uh, if that was an option, but that was never an option. But yeah, I don't know how the wheels of government turn. <coughs> it is, uh, I think we all know how they turn. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's beyond me. But um, yeah, I can't... Like I say, it was my choice to go to Valencia. I knew what I was getting into, but it did change like overnight. One night we went for a meal and everything was fine. The next night we went for a meal and we had to show our COVID passes. So even in Valencia, things are changing pretty quick. What was quite novel was getting a stamp in my passport again, which I thought was quite, uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, but that's not a good thing, is it? Because you're like, you can't stay here for very long. So here's I your don't stamp. know. Well, <clears throat> it was only a, <clears throat> only a few days, but. Yeah, a massive queue to get that stamp. But um, yeah, apart from the huge queue, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. The little clunk of the little stamp guy. Uh, Border Control, that's his name. That's his official name, isn't it? No, Little Stamp Guy. I think that's his name. I've seen him jobs out But um, Valencia. Oh, Eddie, have you ever been? Hmm. No. Maybe pass through on my interrailing experience. It is, I would say. You in love with it a bit, didn't you? I did. I was proper smitten with uh, Valencia. I'd have to say, as a winter bit of sun, if you want, if you're chasing a PB, Valencia is just it. It's. I, I can't remember. Sometimes when you do a race, a tarmac race, you think it's flat, and then you revisit and you think, oh my goodness, there's actually a hill there. You don't really. I think I can't remember any. A hill at all in Valencia. Anything that was significant. It was, it was quite windy, but it was the flattest of flattest courses. What was what was the feet climbed in the Estrava? Oh goodness, I can't remember. But it was not. I just I can't I cannot remember one a hill. But the only thing that what was what th- this is partly what threw my why I pierced it a little bit wrong was uh, the buildings and all the lovely long boulevards with tree lined streets. But they were quite narrow, short and high buildings. And then they would, they threw my GPS off a bit, which the course is 100% accurate, but my GPS wasn't. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of had a little little piercing error on my, on my race. Um, I think, like I said, I pierced a perfect three hours and two seconds marathon, <laughs> which is quite, <laughs> it's quite comical, actually, when I think about it. Did you, and how did you feel? How do you feel? Because you had such a terrible build-up to this race, and then yeah, yeah. you, you're obviously like you carried more fitness through than perhaps you thought you did. But I, I wondered how hard that effort was in relation to London. Well, judging by my heart rate, I'd say it was a little bit. Uh, I was definitely a bit more effort, but I was really pleased <clears throat> that I could sustain that effort. Um, first few miles, I got into a bad uh, position in the starting pen. This is so not like me. I was so relaxed. I was just standing there in a daydream, and then off off we went. And then I saw the I, I saw the flag a flag one of the paces, and I just thought he was a three hour guy. I thought, oh great, I've caught the three hour guy up. I'll just stay with him now or her. And yeah. it was a three it was a three and a half hour guy. And I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> I'm well. Like this- 
<laughs> I was I wasn't happy at all by that. The first two miles, two, three miles were quite slow because it was so busy and that people were moving a lot slower than me. So I was that idiot jumping up around the curbs and weaving in and out of people. Got past the three and a half hour guy and then slowly saw the next flag and thought, there's the three hour guy. That was a 315 guy, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. That was going to happen, yeah. So that was the story. But then I got my heart rate up to about 150, 151 beats. And I just chugged along merrily like that. And all of my splits, all my 5K splits were pretty much exactly the same, apart from the last split when I realized, shit, I've cocked it up a bit here. (laughs) You didn't. Stop. You're using all this language of like, oh, I messed it up. I did this. You didn't at all. No, no. If yourself had said, like this time last week, if they said you're going to get a three-hour marathon, you know, you're going to run it really well, you're going to come away injury-free and healthy, I think you'd have you'd have taken that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were I think you were asking a lot of yourself to go any faster than that with no build-up, basically, and quite a bad illness. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I'm not going to, you know, you mocked, you teased me with my sandbagging. Um, I... <laughs> I could have sandbagged even more. I, I went out on Thursday in England, in the northeast anyway, and we had a heavy snow which covered lots of ice. And I fell over twice, slipped over big time Got on the it. ice twice. Did you? Did you? Did you have Did, a little but, bit of snow and a little bit of ice? But I didn't say anything to anybody. I kept that quiet because <laughs> I knew I'd get called out on it. <laughs> uh, but. Aww. And, and I did. I, my back was hurting. My, my groin was hurting. But the race Why itself. Why did you go running in it? You don't dog, dog, dog needed to go out, didn't he? Dog could have had a walk. I mean, the, all these are these are. You know what? I saw these two horses playing in the field in the snow, and I just thought, oh, "Look at those horses! That's it's fantastic!" Me and Rex. I want to get there. I want to be there. Then the next thing, I was on my back. Oh, <laughs> Which... <laughs> then I stood up and told somebody what I did. Then about five meters later, I fell over again straight away. <laughs> then I did walk after that. <laughs> oh, so that get, yeah, that shook you up a bit, but but um... I didn't. None of that. The COVID or anything manifested during the race. I can't, yeah, I can't say anything held me back at all. I I, I, I paced it perfectly. I, I paced the perfect three hours and two seconds marathon. It's simple I mean, as that. It's and maybe a job opening here, London Marathon, um, if they're listening. Yeah, yeah. If there's a, it's a very niche, it's a very niche market. Say so your half-time, half-time splits and your full-time splits. It was one hour, uh, 29 minutes and 30 seconds or something. Well, I went through halfway. So I was convinced the course... The, my watch was measuring things accurately. I was exactly where I needed to be. I felt pretty comfortable. Um, and then when twenty, when I saw the twenty mile gantry, they had no, you know what it's like. Everything was in kilometers, but for some reason they had a twenty mile one. And my watch beeped a good few minutes before we reached the twenty miles. So I thought, oh, that's a bit. Uh, not too sure what's happening there. But then I did speed up or increase the efforts. And I literally, honestly, I can't. I was doing the maths in my head and I thought, I've got it. It's brilliant. It's easy. I've no, no dramas. And then I just saw the gantry and uh, I was like, yeah, that is a little bit. That's, that's, that's further than two minutes of it. And what was really unfortunate, I hope this guy, it didn't ruin his day, but you go, they have this kind of artificial blue mat and it, they'd made like a little slope and it was uh, on a wooden structure. So it was really bouncy as you ran on it. And this guy in front of me, as soon as he put one foot on it, it was like a little trampoline and it launched him and he just uh, went and he tumbled, tumbled and, uh, yeah. Didn't stop <laughs> I didn't, like Maria. I, didn't stop. Didn't no, no, no. I was looking at my watch too, too busy looking at my watch. But, uh, Your yeah, legs I'm, going the fastest they'd ever gone underneath you. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, I did, uh, I can, I've seen some of the... Of that. 
<laughs> I see some of the finishing photographs and it's fair to say I was trying to get under the uh under the three hours but like I said good fridge for 2023 was, that was my and I can't, I'm not, you know, my ego wanted to be under 259. That That's what it is. But, you know, sub to eight London, Bob Graham round, uh, podium at St. Cuthbert's Way, loads of memories on the trails. It's been a pretty wonderful year. I can't, um, and I've had a year on a podcasting, so it's been pretty. I was going to say, I mean, I didn't even mention in your top <laughs> top five highlights, and I was going to let it go. But later on, when you stop pressing record, I was going to go, no, next time. <laughs> Not what you said. It's the way that you said it. <laughs> but, yeah, let's, it, it, let's it was Let's the important part of this marathon and this whole trip. Let's talk in. about what some of these Spanish uh, snacks you might have had. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was pretty... What what is it like? Paella? Paella, tapas. We stayed off all we saw bought, honestly. So we had pizza and pasta the first two days. Uh Gwen had <laughs> pizza and pasta. Um and in the same restaurant too, because we weren't poorly, so we thought we'll go there again. That was well, uh, like a strategy there. And then on the Sunday it was all everything was um all systems go, we didn't care. That's when we kind of hit the paella and the beers. That was fantastic. But you didn't yeah. have to fly that then. You didn't play that till Monday. Monday. Yeah, it was about two o'clock or something in the afternoon on Monday, something like that. So it was quite a relaxed morning. But my goodness me, the Spanish still, it's like every night it was two or, two or three in the morning, which... We wouldn't do well in the Spanish. Well, the, the, the guest house, the hotel we're in, because they don't need to have double glazing because of the weather. Um, but So their windows were pretty rubbish <laughs> and you could hear everything. So good job we had um, our little earplugs. But uh, yeah, quite noisy. So if you're a marathon, I would say it's definitely 100%. It's definitely a destination to go for a marathon. But yeah, maybe pick your hotels wisely and take, definitely take some earplugs because it is blooming noisy. It was just a perfect few days with Jay and Justin, um, my running buddy. He had a fantastic race to 2.55, give or take a few seconds. And I think more importantly for Justin, he claw, he did a sub sub 25k to finish and uh he was going past people. So that's you know it's like when you have a strong finish. Yeah, no matter no matter what your your, your pace is, if you, you're finishing strong, it's a wonderful place to be in any race. So yeah, well done. So Justin, I I would I definitely go again. I think 100 percent I would go back to Valencia. It's uh yeah, a very it's a perfect marathon road marathon i don't know we're running the hills but a perfect tarmac uh you had a you need to add a sprinkling of speed into this gary because your co-host is <laughs> just getting slower and slower well well done super proud of you good for age you can carry twittering on about road marathons for another few years uh that's do- job done next stop lakeland 100 yeah i'm gonna do quite yourself a- from this buff road marathon into this gnarly mountain man oh but you know what did he i i just love the openness of the of the, the of the road just all out on the road i there's something yeah, not gonna get that in lakeland i thought you were gonna say i love the openness of the trails and i was so i was going mm, mm. No, i just i just think from the off you're just if, you, if you're in for a time on on the road the trails are so different because so miles are different so yeah, miles are different. It's, different it's a different sport but you just hit that hit, hit you know the gun goes on the road and you're off at that speed 
for hopefully yeah, you know. I mean in some ways it takes away so much of the what ifs doesn't it because all you've got to think about you know your feet you don't have to worry about anything any terrain all you have to do is just just run you know what I wish though if I was one takeaway I rely quite heavily on data the watch the heart mm-hmm. rate I, like Justin is more of a racer than me and he, if he feels like he can push he'll push um, yeah. it was interesting actually on cross country my heart rate monitor fell off through the week and that for about three minutes put my mind into a bit of a spin but then I just relaxed to it and just kind of kept trying to chase the person in front of me and, I, and, it, and it was good but yeah with all the data in front of me at Valencia maybe it held me back a bit I don't know I don't know it's kind of only only I'll know that but yeah lots of races in already actually old county tops the Howarth Hobble uh, stuff like that along the way, but I really want to bust out a good 10k, I think, in, in between two, get some speed back in the legs. So, so much, so much, training. <laughs> so, oh, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about what's happening next later. Let's get on to our guest, because he's a good one. What can we say about Jamie? He's a totally normal, understated, humble guy who's done three really incredible, mind-bending achievements. Isn't I mean, it? I just felt so... <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> yeah. He's run across Canada. I was about a good Canadian. Canada, USA, and uh, has the world record for seven-day treadmill uh, running. We love talking to him. He was such a pro and so passionate about running and helping others. It made our interviewing job really easy. And that's, I think, why he was like, you guys had that damn pat. We're like, no, you did. We just went, oh my God, amazing, amazing. So here we go. Enjoy as much as we did. Here's our chat with real life superhero, Jamie McDonald. In 2018, Jamie McDonald ran solo and unsupported coast-to-coast across America, the equivalent of 210 marathons, an impressive feat for anyone, let alone someone who was told as a child they might never walk again. Dressed as his alter ego, Adventure Man, Jamie said about raising money and awareness for children's hospitals, not only providing invaluable funds, but also, perhaps even more importantly, inspiring both children and parents to find hope even in the darkest of times. Huge welcome to Jamie, not James, he's not a James, as we learned from the book, (laughs) to Run to the Hills podcast. How are you? Where are you? And have you been for a run today? I have not been for a run today. Oh, disappointment from Adventure no, Man right no. at the start. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but Adventure Man can't lie. Can't lie. No, I can't. No, I'm too honest. Um, so the, the next thing, it, which is like much more better news, is I'm from Gloucester. Gloucester. <laughs> We've Gloucester. all been reminiscing about our Gloucester connections. And as soon as we do, we all start talking like Gloucester. <laughs> It's an accent that is very unique. It's so West Country, but it's not West Country. Because you're from Cheltenham, you know, like with this posh accent, I think it's probably, you know, just feels like... Well, I can't really understand what you're saying, to be honest. (laughs) Have you ever done the cheese roll in that? Is that Gloucester? Or is that... that 
No, it is, Gary. Yeah. So I've done the cheese rolling, but it, annoyingly, I was at this point in my life where I was really young and stupid. You know, everyone's been at that point. I think I might have been maybe 23 and I just consciously became aware of actually fear and what might happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, um, so I was at that cusp of that age and then I went for it and then I rather I was like no so I kind of went down but I went down like an absolute wussy classic and, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't win I was terrible it was like pretty much last place so yeah. <laughs> my kids because they hurtle themselves down mountains as their leisure activity living in the Alps and I showed them the YouTube clip of that because I was like one day I'm going to take you back because I think you could win this kids because <laughs> of the no fear and the complete but then and we watched the video. I was like, oh, my God, people are mad. And the legs and arms going everywhere. And Yeah, I mean, your kids must think you're like the best mum ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. I've got one here and he's going, no. No, no. way. <laughs> <laughs> if we can go into the book, though, you know, my goodness, Jamie, what a journey. Hell's bells. I was super curious to why... America, you know, you've done Asia, Canada, and for people who haven't read the book or don't, haven't kind of followed your journey, why Why America? Well, probably about, I'd say, eight years ago, I ended up saving up to put a deposit on a house, and I, I saved up £20,000. I know. Okay, heck a lot of, a lot of dosh. Of, a lot of dosh, and I went to go and sign the papers, and right at the last minute, I just got this gut feeling in my stomach. I was like, something's wrong. Um, so I, I pulled out and the house people were really annoyed at me. And uh, and then, and then yeah, I kind of then started to reflect and kind of thought about, you know, the, what's going on with the world and, and, and what is there to it? You know, what, there's got to be more than just this. Yes. So when I got in touch with the hospital that helped me as a kid, um, so that part, I don't know if um, if if I shared it well enough in the book, but um, I've got a condition called Schwingermyelia. So symptoms yes. hit. Sometimes I couldn't move my legs and so on. Um, so yeah. So but I'm really glad I, I got healthy and well at nine years old through running, running. Way. We like running, don't we? Um, and and then and then so instead of getting the house, I guess I then thought about kind of trying to give back, um, and and I felt like I had this sense of adventure. So I bought a bicycle for fifty quid out of the newspaper, and and then I ended up hearing about this guy that cycled around the world and. Wow, I'm, should I be mentioning cycling on this podcast? Is that like a swear word? We do word? mention yeah, cycling. we do talk about like cycling. Bit, we get a few complaints, but <laughs> they got to suck it up. Let's do it. Right, okay, well, swiftly. I mean, so so I heard about this guy that cycled around the world. He was just a normal guy, right? Really normal. And um, his name was Joe, actually. I mean, I mean, it couldn't get more normal than that, could it? Really, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Um, um, average Joe. And so when I when I heard about this guy cycling the world, I thought, well, actually, maybe I could do something like that. So when I'd done the big cycling trip afterwards, I got myself a visa for Canada to go on holiday. Right. Uh, but it felt right. And so then it kind of snowballed to me then running across Canada. Yeah. And then after that, I kind of just went, all right, God, this is all a bit too much. Um, so I then just took a couple of years out. And then I thought, like every great adventure, that it just continues. There's just more great adventures. Yeah. So I kind of started where I left off in Canada from Vancouver and then headed down into America and across America. Now, how, it's safe to say, Jamie, you did kind of get lost a few times and meandered a lot on the route, but how did you plan the route? I think you probably approached it slightly different to myself. I think I would have had every meter GPS, <laughs> but that 
doesn't seem to be your approach. Google Maps seem to be heavily used. It's a good question, actually. And I, I so some people are planners, aren't they? And there are some people that are just naive. And so I'm into the doers. Naive. I like to call them, Jamie. There's doers. Oh, okay. oh, you like to put a nice sticker on it. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't like to glamorize it. I realize the naive people, they're a bit, they're a bit of a wildfire and it, they're a bit loose and they can all go horribly <laughs> wrong very easily. Um, but I'll take it. I, I reckon doers, I'll take yeah, it. Do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I guess I didn't do too much planning apart from I had a one-year visa yeah. uh, in America and I wanted to visit as many children's hospitals as I possibly could. So uh, the planning was really is that we worked out that I'd probably go do a big smiley face so I'd kind of go right the way down. Um, and that seemed like the most reasonable. But apart from that, that was about the only plan. All between those places was just like go for it. and Yeah. What happens? I wondered if, because you did some work with Google, whether they'd sponsored you, and they said that you can only do it if you use Google Maps. <laughs> Test out a well, few of these routes. We're not sure about that path, like just yeah. around near Mexico. Can you just go and see what it's like? Well, yeah. I mean, Google Maps is the way forward, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. never let me down. A couple times it's let me down, but overall, I mean, you just stick Google on and away you go. They could have put one of those cameras on your buggy on Caesar. You could have mapped out all these, <laughs> all these new routes for them. <laughs> Yeah, I should have. I mean, I actually, yeah, I mean, I kind of I ended up speaking for Google, didn't I, in New York? So I, I probably, yeah, I should have got them to throw me a load of cash. I mean, I really should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a big unit, though. I wouldn't want to carry that around with you, the, the Google camera. I've seen someone do that. It's massive. You went for a marathon every day, and I didn't start that way. I don't want to, it's really hard. I don't want to talk about too much. I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, you didn't start, you did build up to it slowly. Um, did you, I was always curious to these challenges. You either kind of go in fit or you get fit as you as you go. How how was that journey for you? Yeah, well, I ended up bef- right before this trip. I ended up doing a Canadian book tour, right? So there wasn't really much time to run or train, and it was in the winter. So me and my wife Anna, we just ended up drinking coffee and eating donuts um, in preparation before. Yeah, so I wasn't in a very good shape at all. But but as you said, I've kind of had experience before where I think, well, I can train up and and go well, you know, if I if I start off slow. Um, but on my first day, I kind of went at it, and of course, I just thought, right, let's just go for it because I was a bit excited, and I just smashed out a marathon. <laughs> and um, and then and then in the morning, I just went, oh no, what have I done? Like my foot is just so flared up, and yeah. the, the plantar fascia, you know, that big muscle at the bottom. I mean, you're runners, you get it. I actually didn't know. I've never had an injury in that place before. So I picked up the phone to the nearest hospital, which was hundreds of miles away. I was in the middle of the rainforest. And I was like, right, so my foot's really hurt. And this is the pain. And this nurse said, it sounds to me like you've torn your plantar fascia. I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you're probably going to need about six weeks off. I'm like, yeah. no, you, that cannot happen. You don't <laughs> understand. So I put the phone down. And I'm thinking, right, well, this is a false start. I'm going to have yeah. to literally start this whole thing again in six weeks' time. And uh, and then I picked up the phone to my lovely lady, Anna, who's like a, a strong runner as well. And she said, look, Jamie, so just sit tight. Something will come up. It will all work out. And I'm like, no, Anna, not this. You don't understand. Six weeks. I'm like, There's no way I can run you. And um, and then sure enough, the next day I listened to what she said. I just thought I sit tight, and I was walking around where I was in this like little Airbnb spot, and and I wasn't feeling any pain in my foot. I thought, why? Well, I looked down, and I was barefoot. Yeah. And uh, 
So then I kind of thought, why? I need to run barefoot. You know, I've never done that before. There's, so I kind of went out, gave it a whirl, and sure enough, I wasn't getting any pain. And so um, I then started calling up like all these shoe shop places, hundreds of miles away. Can you deliver barefoot shoes? Yeah. Of course, no one can deliver where I was. It was the middle of nowhere. So, um, so then, so then eventually we went to the nearest hardware store, and then we found these shoes that you get that you wear in an ocean. That's right. Yeah. They're called like water shoes or something like that. I don't know. So I put them on and then, yeah, and then I just got cracking and it was, I mean, it was tough. I mean, but I was excited because I wasn't getting any pain and that's all that mattered. And then I realized I needed to get strong. So I started to run. I was running maybe six miles a day like that for the first few days and I was up at 10, you know, 13. And then, and then I had to actually run like, 300 miles in the end in these um, water shoes. I guess I discovered barefoot running. I mean, I... I, I you discovered it. I mean, you were actually back. <laughs> discovered it. Oh. It was... Yeah. And so th- then what I'd done, I mean, I, I've always just liked normal running, you know. So I, I then got a pair of normal shoes when I stopped feeling pain in the plantar fashion. And then I just alternated. And then that was... That was like my technique then for the rest of the trip. I really enjoyed running barefoot for, you know, 10 miles to begin the run and then finish it off with supported shoes. Yeah, I just mixed it up, really. I love the learning as you go along. Pop some swim shoes on. Doers, yes, the doers. Problem solving. Yeah. Problem solving is all we about. We always talk about this, problem solving. Yeah, it's all these people with plantar fasciitis go out and uh, just get some... <laughs> swim shoes on Amazon are going to rock it. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it, actually. You know, you were... There was always a thread of you conditioning yourself, you know, the yoga and strength exercises. So anybody who wants to do any kind of endurance event, there's uh, some good tips and habits there, definitely in the book. Nature plays quite a large uh, role in the book with lots of adventures along the way with various wild animals, which you you and I, as I'm reading it, were truly terrified about what was going to happen. Um, yeah. I don't want to give all the stories away, but there's lions, coyotes, and the nest of tarantulas, which really made me bath. Um, could you share with us perhaps just one of the little brief stories about one of your encounters with a with a wild animal? Let's talk this up. Well, so the naivety is I, I ended up hitting Arizona at the hottest time of year. And um, so, yeah, in full-blown summer. So it was hitting sometimes 60 degrees in the daytime. I mean, it was the hottest place on earth. Just great planning, just superb. So, um, so the only way to then, you know, get through it, and as you said, find a solution was to run at night. And that was never in the plan, but it was the only way to run every inch. So I started to run, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was quite a magical um, space to be running at night and seeing the sunrise every morning. But then you had to race to get um, a cold place or a place to stay out of the sun. But um, this one night I was running, it was about 2 a.m., hadn't seen a car all night, pitch black, head torch, you know, you just got sand either side and a road, that's it. And the, but a car came t- towards me and I seen the headlights and I heard it like turn around behind me. And I thought, oh, they're coming back to, to see me. They're coming to say hi. I'm like, great, humans. And then the car pulls up next to me and the window comes down and this woman's like, oh, she was acting all awkward and I was like you're right love <laughs> I, just, I just don't know whether to tell you or not and I said you go for it I'm sure we'll be fine and she said right we all running that way yeah and I said yeah I'm running that way to the town of Wickerburg you know I should make it by morning and she said right well I think it's best to let you know a mile up the road we just spotted a mountain lion oh my goodness <laughs> 
Well, of course, I'm thinking, what does that actually mean? Yes, because to us English folk, it's like Lion King, you know, Disney or long late. I'd struggled to process how serious that was actually because like being a Brit just so alien to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, but I'm kind of I'm thinking with the big, you know, the, the hairy lion, you know. And so I, and and she replies to that and she says, "Well, I don't, I don't really know what that means." And I said, "Right, well, I certainly don't know." <laughs> and then she says, "Right, well, I think it was best that I didn't let you know. Well, good luck. Bye." And I just <laughs> So but then you've got this moment, haven't you, of like, right, okay, I'm like, do I run back to nowhere or do I keep going forward? So, of course, got to go forward. So, do, you know, do you know what I've done? I mean, I don't even know if I wrote it in the book, but I just thought I've got to grab something. You know, I've got to, I've got to go into fight, right, if I have to meet this man. So I, I grabbed the only thing I could, which was a pen knife out of my pan, right? It was a tiny little pen knife. I mean, That'll do the trick. Yeah, I mean, it would have clearly done more harm to me than that. And then, and then, and then I went for it. And, um, and I was, I don't know if you've ever listened to the desert, but it's like every single noise wants to kill you. Yeah. And so I was on high alert, you know, looking at hearing every sound of the desert. And then, and then I saw something, I looked over and I went, no, that, that can't be. And then I saw it and it was a big, massive tarantula. Right. And, and so I forget the man, I'm petrified of spiders. Right. So I put my foot to it to show the perspective. I started filming it and it was half the size of my foot. And as I put my foot to the floor, the tarantula must have felt the vibration. It turns around, it just starts running at me. Right. So I start sprinting, I start going, right. How for lever. Then the next tarantula comes up, next one, next one. And then what Eddie mentioned before, there was hundreds of them all across the road. So I'm screaming my head off, right. And I'm, I'm actually hitting them with my pram. I'm rolling over them and you can hear oh. the is Right. And, and so it was, it was a night, it was a night with wildlife. I mean, it was, you know, and but I made it into the marathon and I made it to this t- tiny town. Cafe was open and I walked in and I was still, you know, like my eyes were probably bowling out my head, but I was so tired and exhausted. And you know, I was just like, what was going on? And then this guy says, says, Wow, you look like you've had a rough night. Like, oh my god, you know, so I really have. And he and so I tell him about the tarantulas, right? I just go straight in on the tarantulas, and he goes, Wow. He said, Do you know what? He said, people are traveling all around the world to kind of find those nests of tarantulas. And he said, You are really lucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a B movie. It's like in the night going over tarantulas and stuff like that. And then this uh, what would have happened if you'd stood still? The tarantula would have eaten me. Yeah. 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 I was there. You'd have been cocooned in some kind yeah. of big yeah. web. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched arachnophobia. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Four years ago. But I I do think perhaps we need to put a caveat that if you have got arachnophobia, this perhaps little yeah. section of the podcast we go on. <laughs> Food was a massive part in this journey. Food seemed to play a big part with your mood. It's safe to say there wasn't any kind of kale or any keto diet or anything like that going on. Any particular standout bit of food that fueled your adventure? I mean, it would always be, uh, weirdly, I would always just eat butter and, and tin sardines. I mean, does this? Was it? Because yeah. you mentioned yeah, you what want to know what butter it is. You, You're literally we were... just eating scoops of butter, or is it like a peanut butter? No, no, like the proper Irish butter. Oh, I mean, my butter. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Because when, when I go in, on these adventures, I, I, I don't really look at food. You know, when I'm really in the middle of nowhere, I just don't think of food as, oh, this is going to be nice. I just think yeah. I need to get to through this. So, so it, yeah, I mean, I used to just eat, you know, tin sardines and butter and spoon it in. And it was just great. I, run, I seemed to run really, really well on it. But then I would get to a place or a town or a city or anything. And then nothing stands up stands out but weirdly do you know what i just always craved was hot food mm. i didn't care what it was i just wanted it to be hot yeah <laughs> i had some uh tin mackerel today is uh in your honor jamie was salute like, oh. solidarity with you <laughs> thanks i really appreciate that i got a lot of love for that still do you still sometimes like, urge a little bit of tinned fish and uh butter do you like watch oh it's nothing for lunch i just get the butter dish out <laughs> i do put a lot on toast i mean i really whack butter on toast i mean you have to don't you to make sure it goes all the way through and it's moist enough you we talked about caesar but perhaps we haven't actually really introduced caesar to our podcast audience would you be able to tell us a little bit about caesar and is it I was thought of Caesar as a man. Would we say he was a masculine version? Can you tell us a little bit about Caesar and his role in your journey? Yeah. So back in Canada, I started off uh, with a, a backpack. I mean, obviously, how else are you going to run? You know. And so back then, you know, that naivety, I was just like, right, I'll run. But then, of course, two weeks in, the weight was so much, my foot went crack and had to get bone scanned. Literally, thought it was the end of the adventure right early on. And a Canadian actually said, "Have you thought about using a pram?" I was like, pram? You know, it didn't even cross my mind. So we shipped one in right there and then. And, uh, you know, those prams you get where you see, you know, like in America, they're running along a beach, you know. What, what, what pram did you use? Because I can't see on the picture. It, it was it was a, a few, fuel. Oh, fuel, yeah. Yeah, fuel. I know. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, back now, that was, oh, that was like that's seven years old. So then I thought we need to give them a name. And weirdly, I... I felt like I was so broken and weak at this point. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So I needed this like strong man with me, which is, I, I, I don't know, weird, weird. So I called him Caesar. I mean, it's so weird. But, you know, that's, you know, it, so he was like my Wilson then, you know, right, yes. and, and, and so that was it. And then we went off. And so he ended up doing all of Canada. And then I put him in my in my parents' garage and it just rusted and cobwebs. And, and <laughs> when the next adventure came a few years later, I was like, Caesar? Caesar. Get the oil, get the oil tin out. Yeah. He, was, he was amazingly resilient because you only actually mentioned like once in the book, there's a little bit where he slightly falls apart and he has a bit of TLC with some inner tubes. And but um, But it's heavy, isn't it? You're pushing it's not just a pram with a small child in yeah no it, it it weighed the same as me which is about 65 kilograms or something oh my goodness. So, yeah so heavy i mean i if you if you push him i mean it, it's like pushing a house really because it had everything and every time you hit a hill yeah and it's i guess it increases your friction against the air as well yeah 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 absolutely yeah and then you got the wind and then when you when you go up and over the mountains you got to go down hills and then you got to like really pull it back and your feet slap on the ground it's like oh it's, it's rough but weirdly i'm so adapted to it 
that actually I feel a bit weird not having a pram running. <laughs> that, well, that's what I was going to... I did a lot of pram running with my first and second kids when it was the only way I could run with, during the day would be to put them in the pram. And I got so good at it that like I could like push it Hardly felt like I was like pushing it. And then if my husband would come with me and he'd like huff and puff if he had to push the pram, but I was actually better with the pram. Yeah. I guess the glutes and the hamstrings get really used to like overworking. But yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to ask you, do you actually, do you actually feel, because I know people kept asking if they could push it, if they ran with you and whether you felt they a bit. pushed it, but they, they always look so uncomfortable <laughs> pushing it. And then, and then they just breathe really heavily. And be like, oh, can I just, can I just. I'd be a bit protective over it. It's my, yeah. my Caesar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get lost. I mean, this is my partner in crime. Where is yeah. Caesar now? Caesar is back in the garage. I mean, he's he's better, but he is not looking good now. Oh, man. He's he, a he, there is no way he's, he doesn't have one more mile left in him. I mean, he's oh my done. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Gloucester Museum are going to take him in. I awesome. was going to say, surely it's something for the V&A by now, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tate Modern, surely. Yeah. Or Tate Modern, isn't it? Yeah. Caesar installation. <laughs> so many wonderful people, Jamie, you met along the way. You know, you're running through towns. Some of them drove hundreds of miles to uh, join you. I don't want to say who was your kind of favourite you met, but, you know, if you could go back and have a cup of coffee or a beer or some sparkling water with anyone in particular, has anyone spring to mind? I've got my... I've got my favourites, if you want to ask me. There's one guy in particular I love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you go for it. Yeah, go on, because there were so many people. I mean, well, Jim, so Jim for me, um, the, the Uber guy, the Uber driver, he puts some miles in. Oh, and if I remember, my memory's correct, he, uh, I don't want to spoil it too, but he, he basically lit up Caesar, didn't he? he? Provided the lights for Caesar. Wow, he was the one. So uh, when I was in Seattle, I was um, I had a friend who said, "I'll give you a lift back to you know the coastal line, and and so you can crack on running." And um, and then of course, and then he bailed on me, right? He's a, oh. you know great great friend, was, right? yeah, a flaky friend, um, yeah, flaky friend. But what he done is he said, "But don't worry, Jamie, because I've got you a lift sorted." <laughs> and I went, "Go on," and he said, "It's an Uber driver. His name's Jim." Sweet. So, so I jumped in the van with Jim, and then I don't know. He's like this really big, massive military guy with this like beautiful kind of soft voice. And uh, he's like a gentle giant. And so, yeah, when we got, when he took me to the coast, he said, do you want to stay at mine? So I slept at his. He took me for breakfast. And he said, Jamie, that, you know, I'm looking at your timing. He was a real planner. And he said, I'm looking at your timing of when you're going to end up in the desert and the hottest time. And there's, you just can't do that. And he'd always say, man, man. <laughs> I'm all right, Jim, I'll be fine. You know, anyway, I just cracked on because I don't like to think too far ahead. If I think too far ahead, I get really scared and I'm like, I just want to live for now. Yeah. And, um, but then sure enough, I think maybe about two months later, you know, and, and like a, an insane amount of miles, Jim just rocks up with these lights. Right. <laughs> and he's like, you, you're still you're heading into the desert and you're going to have to run at night. I'm like, Jim, I'm not thinking about it. He said, here's some lights. <laughs> so he drove and I mean, it must have been easily over a thousand miles to come and yeah. deliver me lights. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard from Jim again? Oh yeah. I mean, I, oh. I just love Jim. I mean, he's just a heart of gold. So we, we've do, we do the odd kind of text message and check in with each other. Um, and also I can't do that with everyone because there are, 
there are so many people when you do these things on your own it's just yeah it's hundreds and so many people take you in so um but you're right you know as a standout jim was pretty cool he's a wonderful human i think somebody mentioned that do you uh I think impressed with someone's generosity and they were just saying, no, I'm just being human. Um, I think, yeah, so many wonderful humans along the, along the way. We talked to, to a few adventurers, haven't we, Gary? And the biggest thing that often comes out of their adventures is the humanness of people and the spirit yeah. of generosity kindness. that kind of motivates them is the kindness of strangers. There was but a few people who um, early on, maybe unwittingly weren't so kind. I think a root choice and food food options available uh there was a couple that weren't so so generous but i'll give them the benefit of the doubt they were just uh maybe didn't have the knowledge <laughs> yeah i mean wow i mean it wasn't you know america's a very i mean it's a it's a it's a crazy place because it's got the most beautiful people on the planet but i mean it didn't all work out you know like nice people take me in. I, I remember i was running down the coast and uh I just suddenly couldn't camp anywhere and it was like private land or yeah. people thought I was homeless and it just became a real challenge. So, and I was at this point where I was starting to run a marathon a day. And, and so then you can imagine sleep is so important. And every night I would put up my tent and I'd be shaking, wet, being woken up after a few hours, being like, get out of here. Oh and uh, it got really rough. <clears throat> and eventually I pulled out Google Maps. Love Google Maps, right? Um, and then I found this little green spot on Google Maps. I'm thinking, right, that's a green spot. There's no way I'm going to be <laughs> in that spot there. So I ended up running till 2 a.m. And I put the tent up in some bushes. I put my head down. I was so tired. I mean, I was like psychotically tired. And I hear this voice, right? And it's like, right, you better get out of here. Otherwise, I'm going to call the cops on you. Like, oh, man. Like, yeah, but no, but it, it, there's no way it was real. There's no way, right? Yeah. So like, just keep sleeping. Yeah, this is beautiful. Keep going. It's just like some crazy voices. And then the next voice I hear is, you better get out of the tent, put your hands first. Oh, my goodness. Like, and that one, that one felt real, right? So my heart then just started to boof, boof, boof. And, and so I, I leapt up, right? But I was so exhausted, but yet the adrenaline just like, it was like a rush. So sure enough, I mean, if you, we've all probably watched police camera action. You know, when you hear the words, oh Please carry up. Or traffic interceptors, two of my. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I know, and now I'm actually in America here and there. So I'm thinking, right. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, put my, I put my hands out of the tent. Right. I do. I listen to what you say. I put my hands out. And I was so dumb. But I just I like tipped around and I tilted my head, just peeped out of the tent. And sure enough, he's there with his hand on his gun, right? Oh, and he's ready to pull on me. And he says, what's your name? And I was like, uh, uh, do you know what I said? Do you know what I said? I've got a, I've got a website. Got a website. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, He's probably uh, never heard that before. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I won't tell you the rest of that story. You have to read it, but yeah. Could you yeah. ever, I, I traveled just backpacked years ago, Australia, and I had major exit every night. I had a big anxiety about, can I stay here tonight? You seem to just naturally, you know, if it looked dry, you know, that was kind of good enough to stop. Were you pretty anxious or? 
were you quite comfortable? I suppose you've done this is obviously in your big first, your first big adventure. So, yeah, early on, I always say like like the the adventures take a while to adapt. So like the first mm-hmm. month is just so uncomfortable. Like everything, the running, the sleeping, you're just the whole thing is just insanely uncomfortable. And and then and then you just over a bit of time, you then become really comfortable with you know, the, the environment and sleeping. Yeah. And actually it feels really nice. And and then actually when you sleep in someone's house with a proper bed and all those things, you're like, God, this is so strange. This is weird, you know. Um, so you, you end up adapting the other way. And um, so, yeah, just really uncomfortable to begin with. But And I, it did make me feel anxious. And when you're camping out there and you hear noises, yeah, I'm, I'm human. I, I still feel fear like everyone else. And... Um, but I, I'm very good at overriding it, going, do you know what? That's just a little voice in your head. You need to just chill out and just relax and it will all be okay. You mentioned um, during the book about you you path through states and it, it feels in the book that it's quite quick. You know, you're in an estate and then you're out on the, out into the next state. Um, but you passed through, it seemed to go quite quickly. If you could go back to one place and stop and visit the area, uh, where would it be uh, in America? Oh, good question. I'm reading this question, but it was actually Gary's because I feel guilty. I've just stolen it, Gary. <laughs> oh, thanks, Eddie. Oh, Gary's it was such a good question, but the one before was stole it. Take the cred. You take the cred. <laughs> um, do you know what I really like? I mean, maybe people won't care actually about this at all, but I really liked um, being in Philadelphia and doing the rocky steps oh yeah i mean i'm just as a child this one guy wanting to be rocky yeah yeah exactly i mean i I watch all his films i mean rocky in my world is real like he actually exists human being he's beat drago he's conquered the world in boxing so i guess when i actually got to go to the steps and run up and be like yeah, I mean, it was just magical. And the city for me just had this magical air about it. And, you know, and I think, was it like eating cheesy, like, I don't know, hot dogs? It just felt like Philadelphia. It felt really yeah. American. Upper America. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a great, it's, it's you're like watching a movie. As soon as you're in the it's, States, it's just like, yeah. my goodness, mate, this is just like fairy, fairy tale stuff. Yeah, yeah. And another place that felt like that was Washington, D.C., you know, you got the White House, you got all those iconic buildings. And like you said, it's like a film. I mean, Independence Day, where the, the laser <laughs> goes down, blows up the buildings. You're like, I'm here. Like, I'm this. Not is- real. And also, because you, I guess you're cocooned in this like constant exhaustion sweat fest that also there's a blur around you, probably as well. That is this real? You know, you're not in the real world when you're yeah. doing an adventure like that, are you? Yeah. You're absolutely right. You are kind of in another planet, if you like. It's, well, I was going to ask you, did it feel surreal? You know, one minute you're, you're doing a, <clears throat> a motivational speech or a fundraising event, and then the next minute uh, you're kind of fighting off tarantulas. What, <laughs> what was that like? You kind didn't of... fight them off, Gary. He oh, ran yeah. through them. Let's not, <laughs> let's not give him too much. <laughs> Gary's on my side here. I like hey. this. Yeah. <laughs> We need to work on Eddie, though. I mean, <laughs> every week this is. Yeah. 
um, yeah, no, it's a very, very bizarre experience. I mean, it's and and you you it's what you say. It's like whether you're giving a talk, whether or whether I was visiting a hospital. I, I just never knew what was around the corner. So it's straight away. I mean, it makes me think of this one moment. I, I I don't like camping in the rain. I hate it. It's like my kryptonite. Putting up the tent in rain. Putting I don't down. Think anybody rain. goes. Come on, let's go and put that tent <laughs> in the rain. Exactly. Yeah. Done. Exactly. So I I ran along this road. It's really dead quiet. There's hardly anything, but a garage popped up. So I went in and I said to the lady, I said, is there, is there anywhere that I could put my tent around here that's a bit dry? You know, and in my brain, I'm just thinking, come on, love, please let me in somewhere or just give me a place. And there was a guy that was behind me and uh, he had this really strong, I think it was Louisiana accent. So it was really hard to understand him, but he said, you can stay in mine. And I was like, oh, great, you know. And then he, he like, kind of gave me these really quick directions <laughs> and then just left, right? And it happened so fast. I, I couldn't even tune in to who he was or I just remember the direction. So I, I got running. I thought, right, well, at least I'm going to be out of the rain. And I hit, this, I hit this road that he said for me to go down. Do you know what the name of the road was? Machine Gun Road. Machine Gun, yeah. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> I, and I'm like, oh no, this is good. You know that, girls. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that anxiety that kicks in. You're like, what am I doing? This is insane. Like, I just shouldn't be going to this guy's house. And then I, I finally get there, knock on the door, and there he was. You know, he just had a big, massive beard, belly, big, huge mustache, and he's like, come on in. And uh, and then he chain smoked in the in his house. You could hardly see anything. And then he put the Super Bowl on, got me a beer. And I was just sat there in this cloud of smoke thinking, this is the most bizarre thing. I'm like, what? How did I ever get to this point? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you must have had those every day because it seemed yeah. like every day something. <laughs> oh, it's all, all good content for the book. A question, when you, were, when you were running, were you thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to be writing a book about this when I finish? How did you remember all this did you have to sort of um make notes every evening because a lot of it must sort of all be a bit in a, a in a dreamlike haze maybe yeah it, it, it is a real challenge i mean it is such a challenge I, I was doing quite a lot of blogging in the early stages where um i don't know i just my motivation was pretty strong then and to really get the fundraising off and then as the second half kind of when i just it's just, just getting through the day and making it through the run was enough, let alone running a blog at the end of the day and all that. So oh, I did. I started to make a few notes, but but I guess it wasn't my first rodeo or my first book. Yeah, yeah. So, so you knew I, stuff. You knew, like, this is good content. The tarantula story. we got a chapter. <laughs> well, well, so see, this is it with the book writing. is, And this was experience that I knew because on my run across Canada, I, wasn't, I didn't make any notes at all. I just done videos. So that was my only thing. But the great thing is with an adventure, if you just sit there and you go, right, what's the first memory to my, you're just like, boom, that's it. You know, and actually it was that first memory was the mountain mine story. And so then you just get writing it. Yeah. You know, you're like, right, well, what else? You know, and then you just go, oh yeah, I remember going to that person's house. And you just get right on that. And suddenly you just like knock out all these stories and you've got way more than you can imagine for a book. Yeah. And um, I'm not very good at, you know, creating a book, if you like, I understand what a good story is and, and I know how to just go, Bleh. you know, so it's just, 
is just very you know straight honest and it's a true reflection of you as a person which is exactly what you want if you read a book like this you don't need any embellishments on an adventure like that i was amazed at the like all of the other stuff that went on you know when i started reading the book i just thought it was going to be this running journey but like you say, you mentioned about the blogging and the interviews and then the, the, the loose planning. <laughs> it was like, my goodness me, it's just like all this other stuff and I have all the energy for everything. It's, uh, it's uh, yes, you, you, I suppose you can't really switch off sometimes when you all you want to do is put your feet up and eat your burger. You've got to be doing the blog and the social media. Yeah. Yeah. And th- there is no switch off it, but it is a one year adventure. Yeah. And, and so there's, it's, it really, you know, it comes to an end and you just live and breathe it every second. And, um, for, for me, a, a huge part. And it, it, I guess it's a challenge like doing the social media and doing the, like, the interviews and stuff. Um, but, but all that hard work for me is, you know, then I get to raise money for kids' hospitals yeah. and I get to give back. And and that's that. When you do these, like, huge adventures, I've kind of been there and done it and and done adventures and broke records where I've proved to myself that I can do it. And I really had to clean that my self-worth demon out in, in the early days of my life. Yeah. Once I got rid of that, like, well, why am I doing an adventure now? You need that kind of bigger, higher purpose than yeah. you. And, you know, and, and so as challenging as all the fundraising is and all the, everything that comes with it, it, it is what got me out of the tent every morning, got me doing the miles. And then that's what kind of then pushed and ended up raising. Um, I think we pushed up to maybe a quarter of a million or something yeah. like that year. I think one day you had, was it $10,000 in a day? If I remember that yeah. right. What yeah. was that like? I, I get excited if I've got an eBay auction going in. It's, click, it's clicking up. <laughs> refresh, refresh. What's yeah. you know, you're seeing thousands roll in. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was pinching myself because um I got invited to speak at the Microsoft headquarters, right? Which is it's my day job to be a motivational speaker, right? But when I'm on these trips, you know, I can use it then to help with the fundraising. So they invited me to speak and I and I, I left there thinking. Yeah, they better come up with some donations soon, you know. And they didn't, right? They didn't. I'm thinking, God, you're Microsoft. What's going on here? <laughs> um, and then, but then later on, I think it was about the halfway point, and they said, right, we're going to give this like uh, auction for you. And I said, cool, let's do a live auction. So they they rallied all those people that I spoke to. They'd done this huge auction, and one of them was to send two runners out to the finish to join me, and that was one of the prizes. And I think I think that auction ended up raising in that day like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good PR. That someone at Microsoft yeah. weren't there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the person that got me into Microsoft, his name was Ted, and I've called so I called him Super Ted. He's a big character in the book. So, yeah. There's a lot of characters. You got Anxious Man, Memory Man, Super Ted, Super, Super Wonder Woman. <laughs> I love, God, don't share that. But Memory Man, when yeah. you ring it, it's <laughs> oh, that that's a true story. I mean, I I mean, you wouldn't believe it's true, but yeah. Yeah, some of the stories I when I read them I'm like that's not no that's not true anyway last last question for me um during the chat you decide you decide you just decide on an early night to embark on beating the 517 miles in seven days um treadmill world record which I think you tried to do before but hadn't been able to get 
ratify get um the okay from the guinness world records is that right um this is at the end of the book and it, it's a complete change of vibe for me when i got to this part of the book it really choked me jamie the intense suffering you go through during this challenge i think you portray it much more than you do your any suffering that you happened in america you're running across america is is sort of like a lot about the characters you meet in your journey about the treadmill obviously it was so fo- a lot more focus on the pain um so it's a such an inspiration for anyone to read that part of what the human body is capable of um but also the love and support shown to you by your support crew during that attempt especially by your in your in-laws um what was harder that the treadmill world record attempt or the run across america yeah i mean you already know the answer to that don't you if you read it i mean the the it was easily hands down and more it will always be the dreadmill challenge. Looking back on it now, if you'd known what you were going to put yourself through, would you have attempted it maybe quite so close? Because it was only a month after you came back from America, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I'd never attempted this challenge before. I thought about attempting it, um, but my my foot was just too bad. So I never I never attempted it. So it was the first time. So I didn't really know what to expect What like at all. I just, and and I, I never really spend much time running on a treadmill, to be honest, ever. So it doesn't sound like fun. But I thought, well, if I'm going to attempt that challenge, I've just run uh, over 5,000 miles across America. I'm going to be conditioned. And so let's just go for it. Let's see if I can carry on with the fundraising and, and keep the energy going. So, yeah, so a month later, I attempted it. But I, I got it hugely wrong. And where I got it wrong is... It's completely different to running with a pram, Caesar, on a road and then suddenly running on a treadmill. I mean, it's like cycling and running. I mean, it's that it's that different. So I think it was like day two and my ankles just swelled up like elephant ankles. I mean, it was it was the most horrific pain I think I've ever, ever been in. And um, but but annoyingly, so annoying when I start something, I just got that burning desire of like, I can't let anyone down. I've got to do this. I've got to see it through no matter what. And um, I've been told by Anna, my partner in crime, I'm never allowed to do anything like that again. Yeah, because it was your stubbornness, but it was also the stubbornness of your very close support crew that actually kept you on that treadmill, refusing to let you off, which is sometimes much harder than, because they must have been like really worried at some points. Yeah, well, yeah, one of my support uh, members, right, I, I think it was day three or four, I got to the point, no one really knew, but in my mind, and it's the first time I've ever done this in my life, I actually gave up. Like I, I was on the treadmill and I was in so much pain and I physically couldn't run. Like, and so I really went hell for leather in the first hundred miles because I thought, well, I'm going to be in a, a load of pain anyway, whatever. So I may as well be ahead of the record. But then I, I got to a place where I was 300 miles in and suddenly I just couldn't, I couldn't run. And so I thought there's no way the, the record was actually leveling with me and passing me. And I thought, well, I'm done. And so I couldn't find a really nice moment to get off the treadmill. I was thinking, you just look for the moment. It never came. And I, I went to sleep. I was, I had my like, I think it was two hours that night of sleep. And I woke up in the morning and it was the worst thing is trying to, I mean, we all know what it feels like when you run, stop running, and then you've got to get going again. Yeah. But this was for like a whole new level. I mean, I had, oh, to, be I carried, I had to be carried to the treadmill and, um, and then get it going. And so 
I don't know if you've ever heard a man like scream their head off at full bellowing while trying to move their legs. I mean, it was, it was bad. So anyway, I got, I got going and then I just said, why am I even doing this? Like, cause I'm getting off, but I really wanted to show people that I was trying. Anyway, I just got to the point and I thought I'm doing it. So I looked at my dad, well, my dad was there as support. And I just said, right, he wasn't officially, you know, part of it. He was just there. And, and so I said, Dad, I'm getting off. And he went, what do you mean getting off, Jamie? You're not getting off. I said, no, no, Dad, like I'm done. Look at the state of me. Like I, I, I can't run. And he said, he said, look, he said, the support team haven't been great. We have, we're going to get, from now on, we're going to get food on tap. We're going to get the right food. We're going to get water on tap. I said, Dad. Food and water is not going to sort out what's going on. Look at the statement. And he said, we're going to get ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> Worked though, didn't it? Dad was right. Dad's well, always right. Well, I, I said, Dad, I said, you're just not listening to me. And that's when he said, he said, well, you want to be open to my suggestions or do you want to give up? Classic. <laughs> So again, when it got ibuprofen and it turns out, you know, I have that. And then I had like Gloucester rugby player turn up and 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 support me through that and tell me about all the the plus side of what was there. You know, just and then it just you just find more within yourself. There's always a little bit more. It's amazing. Should we go and tell a quick five questions, Eddie? The deep, <clears throat> I think there's five. The deep bit of this podcast. One, two, Ooh. three, four, five. Okay. <clears throat> I've thought long and hard about these. It's weird. I'm starting to do little mini squats in preparation. <laughs> what thorough warm up is always good. No one wants to pull a hammy. Yeah, it'll... <laughs> your one superpower uh, that I can keep going. <gasps> Just incredible endurance forever. Like it, I, I, I would like to say that I, I will just keep going no matter what. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just. But going. Isn't the bit where you sit down with the cup of tea and the bit of butter and tin fish like the best bit of an adventure? I've ruined your superpower. <laughs> <laughs> you can have two. I don't mind. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll have two. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, then. So <clears throat> you get everything's in your tent. You've got tarantulas, mountain lions, cougars. You can only grab one thing from the tent. What would it be? Mum's roast dinner. Oh, you go. Next one. You're at a service station. Nothing else. It's completely empty apart from two drinks. One's a frothy coffee and one's a sparkling water. You can only have one, though. Not two this time. I'll go sparkling water. Good choice. A refreshment rather than a... Yeah. Top wild camping trip tip. Um, top camping. I'm the worst camper ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I'm like, don't do any. And my only tip is, don't do anything like how I can. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, just always find a place to set up your tent where there's a roof and you don't have a wet tent in the morning. Who likes a wet tent in the morning? I mean, nobody. Nope. Nope. Most scary encounter, human or wildlife. Now, this doesn't have to be America. It could be Canada or your cycle trip. The scariest encounter. Human or wildlife. Uh, it was a human. Come on, then. Do I have to share what it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, but you just said human or matter. Or, oh, sorry. Or... <laughs> he was right. It was a poor question, Be specific, Gary. Oh, Come on. Uh, so uh, it's a human. I got mugged and, and robbed, so um, I got beat up. 
And I was Benjamin. wearing a super. I was wearing a super you suit. Can't, can't Unbelievable! I can't, yeah. That's my last question too. I mean, that's oh, a downer no. for the last. Oh, one. It's so sad. Okay, I've got a plus sides of the story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got beat and and yeah, got robbed. Uh, but then um, people heard about what happened, and literally Canada like rallied around, and Britain too. And I think in the end, it raised about. 50 or 60,000 pounds. Oh my goodness, mate. The charity. So that is a good end to this. A bit better, a bit better. We've got that. Brought it up again. (laughs) Have you you given the suit a little wash since you came back? No, it's in a a bad way. Is it going to the museum with Caesar? It, it's in a frame there, so I basically I, I, I proofed it so there's not one single part of particle of smell can, can get out. <laughs> well, it sounds like I need to do my running jacket. I did wonder about your hygiene uh, during these trips as you were going to do these uh, motivational speeches and fundraising events. I was thinking, I hope he's had a shower. Well, I do rock up. Well, I've actually just gone and got myself a new Adventure Man suit, but I, I, I do these really posh evening do's um in in like the suit that looks battered and <laughs> i mean i i look i mean i look terrible you know I, mean, I look like i've just come off the adventure but they seem to love it and i'll do anything i can not to wear a suit and tie yeah i'm with you there yeah. wear the suit just i'd have like 10 of those suits in the cupboard and just rotate like a party <clears throat> one a running one Casual, fleecy lined for a cold morning. <laughs> yeah, fleece one. That's a good idea. <clears throat> you're a mum. <laughs> mum with the mittens, in case you yeah. hands. Uh, talking about being mum, you've just become a parent. How has that changed your? Well, we all know it changes your life, but has it changed your um, your sort of way that you think about your adventure? Perhaps the way that you sort of look at the world as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it has turned my my world upside down. I, having having little Storm, she's eleven months old now, and it, it, she's exactly like an adventure. It's just completely and utterly brutal. I'm yeah. like, why? Like, why? And she was didn't sleep either, and I'm like. I've done the treadmill challenge on those. I don't need to do this again. And at least the treadmill was seven days. This was like months on end. <laughs> it was brutal, but brutal. yeah, so rich and then rewarding. And it felt like, you know, when a human would take me in on the night yeah. and I feel connected, it's like when I'm with Storm, I've got that 24 7 feeling connected. So, um, and that's, it, yeah, you just can't, it's just amazing. So, it's all of it, isn't it? So, it's completely changed our world. Uh, Anna's an adventurer, too. Um, in fact, she's a far better um, author than I am. She, well, she came up on the Zoom. We were like, oh, great, we're going to talk to Anna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's been using my Zoom account again. <laughs> Oh, I've never met Anna. She's going to pop on. <laughs> yeah, no, look, she's, she makes me look like a wussy. So, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, adventure man look like a Yeah, honestly. I mean, she ran, she done 100 marathons, but she done the whole thing completely barefoot. Like, no shoes. Oh. Yeah, no, no. No swimming shoes for her, Jamie. No swimming shoes for her, no. That's it. She's like, I don't need swimming shoes. I'll just do it barefoot, you wussy. Um so uh yeah so she she's amazing so i've found the right one and oh, mostly good luck storm with your future <laughs> endeavors yeah. you think storm will ever meet caesar and go for a little journey together an adventure you know what i mean i 
it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, now I've always pushed a pram on adventures. You know what? It will probably get to the place where she'll be, I'll be in the pram and she'll be pushing <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It gets so good. The first year, first baby is so hard work, but then they, you know, a year and they start babbling and talking and soon she'll be answering you back and slamming the door and oh, yes. telling you your poopy pants and... Uh... <laughs> that way. Thanks for the hope. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If people want to buy your book or perhaps even um, hire you out, local dinner parties, motivational speaker, um, where can they find you um, and where can they buy the book? Uh, so you can buy the book. Uh, it's with, published with Summersdale. Uh, you can you can buy it in bookstores or so Waterstones. Uh, if it's not there, they'll order it in. But you can do Amazon, which is like just really easy. It's called um, Running America Adventure Man Running America. Um, and so yeah, if you just Google it, it will all pop up. There's loads of places to buy it. And any, um, any audio book in the uh, horizon not yet but i know that's probably really important for all the runners because they're probably yeah. runners and audio listeners yeah um so i will get there eventually but just i i think i'm gonna do it with my own voice so it just oh, needs- yes you have because you talk so well you yeah. need <laughs> He's a bit of a war, doesn't it? I'm oh, some of the stories. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then for your speaking, sorry, I interrupted you rudely. No, that's okay. That's really appreciated that you're mentioning it. So if you just go to adventureman.org and you'll see the speaker page from there, just get in touch. And yeah. And presumably and we you do not just in. like businesses, but schools and... Um... Schools, charities and businesses. Yeah. It's a great yeah. follow, actually. YouTube channel, social media. Lots of great stuff on there. Check it out. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on the podcast. We, yeah. Gary and I have, we, we, um, we read quite a few books of the podcast, but we, we WhatsApped probably about that one the most about, have you got to that yeah. bit yet? Uh, honestly, you too. Your energy is just electric. So <laughs> Electric, yeah. Gary. We've got a meeting with the boss soon, Jamie. <clears throat> I'm writing that down. Yeah, write it down. Yeah, yeah. And, I've got and, to run. I'm doing a big race this weekend. I'm really nervous. I'm running hundred mile race, and I have no, I have no miles. nerves now because I'm like I've got no like. Adventure man does that before he has his tin mackerel. So come on, Eddie, suck <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it up. I, I hate to say it though. I mean, I, yeah, I've done but hundred miles. I mean, it hurts. There ain't no getting away from it. It really, really hurts. It's... We'll hear all about it next week. Gary's <laughs> like no more. Now. No more. <laughs> well like i say you really are making a difference you really like superhero and thanks so much from everyone on the hills jamie ah uh, yeah thank you thank you the great guest Eddie what a story I love the book and I think it made a pretty good stocking filler this Christmas you know what a good guy I've got a deposit for a house what am I going to do the kids are still awake you can't say that whole thing on the podcast okay (laughs) (laughs) what a guy I mean take a little bit of nugget of Jamie into our everyday life I don't want to spoil the book but how many people would um, use their deposit on a house to do some life-changing good for others it's uh i don't think i would so yeah really special special guy really is a superhero 
as we're a bit short on races, uh, obviously, during this winter period, we thought we'd give you quick heads up for races that if you're planning your calendar, which you should be doing now for 2022, you should have almost have it sort of sketched out because race entries, they sell out fast. Um, so you wanted to talk about this one, Gary, Snowden Sky Race. Yeah, I just saw it pop up on Facebook. Their entries go live on, um, well, entries are live now for the Snowden Sky Race, uh, which is 40k, 10,000 feet and a 12 hour limit with some grade one scrambles. I'm not too familiar with that. What's what, what's that like, a grade one scramble? Wait, pretty steep, that. Pretty yeah. steep. You're probably using your hands for that one, Gary. You'd be using <laughs> your teeth too. Oh my goodness. I think I'll be pretty stressed out with it. I love the idea of it, how comfortable I would be. I'll be the one that's blocking everybody behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Crack fast. Yeah. <laughs> but that takes place on the 8th of May 2022. So, yeah, you make a good point. If you are thinking about stuff for next year, head over to Apex Running if that sounds like your kind of risk. Also, Apex Running 2. Uh, we're not being paid by Mike. <laughs> He's just, I just spotted this. Uh, the race for the Ultra Trail Snowdonia. Uh, race series that opens up on Saturday at 10am too. And I did say on, on Facebook, maybe familiarise yourself with the entry procedure just so you don't get there and it kind of freaks you out. Is that now bit. linked to UTMB? Is it that race? Um... Oh, yeah, there's there's quite a few of the Apex. I'm not too sure if all of their races are linked to UTMB or just some of them. Yeah, I'll be lying if I really knew that. But definitely he's got some affiliation with UTMB, yeah. So that's going to sell out real quick, I can imagine, because you're going to get yeah. international competitors wanting to come. I heard it talk, talk, talked about on the um, on another trail running podcast. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in getting UTMB points, uh, I do, I'm not going to pretend I understand the points and the pebble, pebbles. I don't no. think anybody does. Nobody does. But anyway, if you are interested in doing any of the UTMB races as well, check out your points. They do have an easy system on the webpage where you can go and you can see how many points that you've got. And then it'll tell you what races that you can enter. Registration opens up on January 6th. So you've got a little bit of time to do that and to check out what races you might want to do and have a little feel around. If you've never come over to run in... Uh, in Europe, uh, these are obviously like the biggest races. They're, personally, to me, there's like better races that are smaller, low key. But for the whole experience of racing, yeah. um, then the, these are, if you've got the points, you've got the time um, and you fancy a mountain adventure, then these UTMB races are, I think, a sort of once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of people. So heads up. And if anybody's got any races coming up, race directors that they'd like us to give a shout out to enter, uh, yeah, let us know. And we'll talk about that over the next coming few weeks. Yeah. And over to Sedgefield on Saturday, cross country. It's a big one, actually. Is it the Northerns? Uh, so this is an eight mile for the senior men, at least. Oh, right. that's quite a long way. You're going to go and run that. How are those, uh, are those legs? No, no, I'm down to volunteer. Oh, um, but I've had to let Chris, the guy who's organising the event, that you know, I'm self-isolating again. So if my PCR results are not back in time or I test positive, I might not be able to volunteer. So yeah, hold me breath up. Definitely not racing. So I, I did deliberately kept well away from that one, even though Justin's down to race, but he's in the same boat as me um, as far as the <clears throat> kind of PCR tests and that kind of things are concerned. But yeah, everybody racing, no matter where it is on uh, this weekend, good luck. And like I say, the weather in the UK, five degrees, cloudy, light winds so yeah compared to what we've had what, what we've had that's pretty it's good balmy. yeah it's balmy. 
do you want to guess? We play when with the kids when like, we get in the car to do school run. Uh, right. Guess the temperature. Guess the temperature. They have to guess before. Oh, that's wild, that is. They're starting to get... Co- Stop it. <laughs> it is quite wild. They're starting to get quite good at it because if they can't open the car doors because they're frozen, ah. that, that is a good sign of how cold it is. You could just... Get them to lick the car doors. That's, that's yeah, cool. that would be sensible, wouldn't it, Gary? Let's suggest that. Um, so, what, what's you? What's you? What do you reckon temperature was this morning on my school run for all? Uh... Ooh, it's going to be minus like double digits, isn't it? Minus minus twelve. My it was oh. minus twelve. Sometimes, and you know what, the kids? I said, "Do you want your hats?" No, Mum. It's not cold. Oh, but it, man. <laughs> No, Mum, it's not cold. I said it's minus 12. Mo- that is cold. Nah, it's not cold, Mum. It's not cold, Mum. So off they went. I mean, they do go in full salopettes, coats, yeah. gloves, but only because they're not allowed to play in the playground unless they've got their salopettes on because the teachers get fed up with them with wet pants. But um, we've had some pretty chilly that school run. If I forget, if I'm in a rush and I run out and I forget my gloves holding the steering wheel, yeah. I have to say a few Hail Marys because it is so uh, cool. <laughs> uh, it's not very uh, nice, is it, that first few oh, minutes Oh, it's uh, so cold. And we've got a van and they're not very warm. They don't ever, because they're quite, that's a big volume to sort of heat up. Anyway... <laughs> That's a bit of that's a bit of that's how crazy my life is. Anyway, what are you doing now? What's what's the next few weeks look for look like for you, Gaza? Well, it's funny. I don't feel like Valencia was like this big target air race, so I'm not kind of yearning this downtime. So I'm ready to mentally. I'm ready to go. I've got no doms or anything like that. I feel pretty. I could run. I'm not. I'm deliberately not going to run. Definitely give myself a week off. Well, you know, I can't go anywhere, so oh, yeah, I'm going to assemble the. Uh, the turbo trainer and it's been get, sitting there for a little while now. So don't yeah. be one of those, don't be a turbo, turbo. Did a rush purchase then. Yeah, rush purchase and then sell it on. <laughs> I'd like to be seeing you live on it next podcast. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it. I need it. I still need one of those spanners. If I can get a spanner to get oh, the Lord above. Come on. You're but nothing. Yeah, nothing planned. I'm going to make my way through lots of Spanish chocolate, which I. Brought back. <laughs> oh, I've eaten this week. Bryn's mum and dad live in Belgium and they, whenever they come, they bring us oh, a box. that's of proper Belgium. chocolate. Yeah, proper box. We both have our favourites. So she's lovely, Bryn's mum. And she bought me a box of just my favourite in this box. Big box. I mean, big, like yeah. a trunk, a hand width, hand length. That's how big the box is. Just a week, Gary. Did it in a week. Pretty proud of that. Ooh. Are you a dark chocolate? Oh, no. No, oh, that's stuff you use in cooking. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I eat that. Fruit and I, nut, just nuts. Yeah, so it's like a fruit and nut little. Oh, oh there's a word for it. I don't know what they're called. Oh my god, they're so good. But I had to live. I was like, right, four a day. That's all you're allowed, Eddie. Plus. <laughs> that's all you're allowed because it, otherwise it's going to get dirty. But uh, I could have easily eaten like twenty a day. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So you're going to set up your turbo trainer? No. If you're allowed out next week, a little bit of running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no training, really. No. I, I kind of scheduled the, the the plan to finish for Lakeland 100. Uh, so I've got definitely got a few weeks before I uh, need to train again. Um, and that's where we're at. Yeah, nothing. I'm, I'm, I enjoy this time of year. Like I've said before, I don't see this as, um, it is time off, but I treat it as when you're an all year round 
athlete, I suppose. Um, buff guy like you, Gary. Guy. It's it's Barbie. buff like me. I can take a few weeks down. It doesn't affect at all. I've still got the uh, layer of street waffles in it. <laughs> but I just think it's all part of it. It gets you ready to go again. If you rush back, um, then, you know, you run the risk maybe of just burning out. Uh, so I'm quite, I'm going to enjoy <clears throat> going to enjoy Christmas. But yourself then, what you got on? What do you think? So, yeah, busy. If you're a parent of smaller children, you'll know this next few weeks are hell on earth as the Christmas countdown. (laughs) Christmas countdown. The magical time, Eddie. The magical time of year that we all love as parents. Um, So, we've got that coming up frantically trying to, because we don't have any shops or anything. You have to, but I have to, kids' presents have to be bought. Like, I can't go shopping. Because where would I, you know, but I'm a get to a shop, I'd have to turn around and come back. Not make them, you could craft them. Yes, I'm going to craft them out of snow and bring them in and then they're going to melt and that will be the happiest Christmas. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I can craft a drone, which is on top. Oh, wow, a drone. I mean, come on. I mean, what do you think? Who do you think is it? Like, oh, yes, I'll get you a drone, <laughs> my darling. Um, so I'm busy. Um, like you said, yeah, total downtime. I'm going to try and be, get a bit active because I feel better for doing stuff uh, next week. And it is my last week without the kids until holiday. So we'll take advantage. I'm going to ski, the lift's open. So I'm going to cheat ski and just yep. ski on the chairlifts. Enjoy that. So resident, can you just use the chairlifts or? They do like to have a pass, Gary, not just okay. like, but we get a very, I mean, we get very discounted I won't tell you because people that actually pay for a ski pass will be raging. Okay. But, but we have to pay an enormous amount of tax, so don't worry. It probably all equals yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we get it's really cheap pass. So yeah, I just have a pass for the season, so I can go whenever I want. And Oops. so they're opening everything because we've had so much snow. So I will ski, get my ski legs back, and it's quite a ski action is quite good for just like a bit of movement, a bit of fresh air, a bit of altitude. So I'm going to have some fun days with some mates skiing and enjoying the snow, and I will do a bit more up skiing. Mm-hmm but ski touring to get back into it and just to get a bit of sweat on. And also I've joined our local gym. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit jealous of your buff guns. So I'm going <laughs> uh, to give that a little test. I have my own little gym um, set up. So I normally do like my plyometrics and my weights at home, yep. which works quite well. But I thought maybe for the winter when um I'm not doing quite so much. I'm going to do a lot of volume on my skis, but not quite so much running. And it's like, or if it's like a horrible day, go down the gym and do some heavier weights. So I'm looking forward to putting that into my plan. Um, Well, as long as you've got guns by February, I'll let you off. You wait soon. I'm going to be recording this in like, just to like this vest top. And you're going to be like, Eddie, my God, all we can see. watch. No, on a more serious note, it's the perfect time of year if you're looking at introducing strength training and you've not got a big goal for a few months. Um, And I'm going to be putting in some heavy weights. I'm going to be working on my power for that thinking UTMB, uh, working on my power, working on my foot speed as well, because it's quite a cool gym. It's got all sorts of different stuff. So I'm going to be working on my foot speed and my reaction, like hitting the ground back up for my downhill as well. So I'm going to put a bit of thought into that over the next couple of weeks. Another layer. Yeah, I love creating exercises. Like that's, I think, why I love writing clients' plans because I always go, I was like, love writing new sessions and stuff. So I went down to the gym and had a chat with them yesterday. And then I like was looking around going, so I could try that. And I can go when it's really quiet. So nobody needs to see me doing ridiculous yeah. things. <clears throat> Did you tell them who you were though? You could get a freebie. Uh, 
top five percent podcast. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I think I think they know who are. I think they're like, yeah, pay full price editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nothing quiet, quiet, more chocolate eating. Let's talk about our Christmas competition. You've got until the 13th of December. There is a Facebook thread. You might have to, I'll try and pin it, but I honestly don't know how to do that. Um, but uh, if you scroll down on our Run to Hills Facebook page, and I oh, will just have a look if you don't want to enter it, but um, we've asked you to post your winter running picks um, on that post. We've got loads of. Had a video or two, haven't we? We've upped the ante. Two videos. People are starting <laughs> to get a little bit competitive. It's getting a bit nasty over there. So we're admins. So it gets any nastier. We'll be starting to block people. From all the, uh, oh, I love all the people are so clever. Yeah. The light of winter running is amazing, and some hilarious we, ones. We do, do like try and find the uh, Facebook group uh, post because we might miss it if it's not actually in the post. We'll try our best, but sometimes, yeah, we do miss things. So you got to the 13th of December to win yourself a box of a pre Christmas box of cheer charge goodies. So go along yep. and enter that. All right, Gaza, good luck with your recovery. Take it easy. Let's hope that um, let's hope there's no positive test results and you're free to roam once more yeah. in your natural habitat. If you like the show, please share, subscribe and follow. That was episode 67. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to Cheer Charge for sponsoring the show. I'm Eddie Sutton. And I'm Gary Thwaites. And let's run to the hills. Thank you.